Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast. Hi. Hey, Jacqueline. How are you? How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking some time this morning and uh, joining us here in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, yeah. What I'm going to say, I'm just turning something off. Okay. All right. You ever been here? Um, Where are you at? Vancouver, Canada. I think like when I was a kid, I haven't been there in a really long time. <laughs> yeah, fair. Where, where are you based out of? So I'm in Florida. Um, oh, cool. I'm in South Florida. Yeah. How long have you been there for? For a couple years. And then I was in LA before that. Okay. Went to Florida yeah. probably say, eight years back. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. The weather is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I guess we'll just we'll get right into it. How how much has uh, social media changed the dating game? Oh sure. Um, so social media has changed the dating game in like a lot of ways. Uh, the first way is is that everybody filters their pictures um, because Instagram has <laughs> yeah. always really cool filters now that I'm guilty of using myself. Right. Um, and so all the girls have super filtered pictures, which is not so good for dating because you see these people. And then when you meet them in person, they really don't look as much like their pictures as you were hoping they would. Mm-hmm. And it's no matter like how actually beautiful they are, it's, you know, it's like a little bit of a disappointment. So that's definitely changed things a lot. And then also, I think the fact that you can see what everybody's doing on social media is not helpful uh, once you start dating somebody because you can find pictures of them with their exes. You can find, you know, you're like, oh, you said you couldn't meet last night, but you were at this party with blah, blah, blah instead. Like, you can Mm -hmm. really find out what people are doing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost like when you get into a relationship, you want to ditch that stuff anyway. Like, what not the whole point of you being on social media is to maybe... Or I guess if you're, you know, looking to hook up or whatever, isn't that the whole point? Like once you find, why would you even want to be on social media after that anyway? Yeah, no, I I agree. But, you know, some people are on it for their work and stuff. I feel like there's a lot of influencers um, on social media Mm. in, in all different fields, which is interesting. Like a couple of my clients that I work with that are men are like plastic surgeons that are in the social media so they're always like posting their before and after pictures and stuff so i mean i think people are still on it but i think that is a good point i think it's just like early on in the relationship when people first start dating and they're still dating other people that they can see that on their social media yeah 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 and so as a dating coach and a matchmaker like what is it that eats up the most of your time um hmm what eats up the most of my time I would say, um, you know, I spend I spend a lot of time talking to people on the phone. 
uh, getting to know them, interviewing them, figuring out exactly what they're looking for in a partner so we can help to find them the best possible match. Um, and so I'd say that is definitely a lot of where my time goes. And then also working with the clients and talking to them, sometimes I'll be on the phone for like an hour, you know, like trying to get them to break these patterns that they're doing so they can actually find a partner. And what is it that makes a good matchmaker, a good dating coach? Like, is it just, I don't know, a good ear, a dirty mind, a unique, you know, view on relationships, maybe a combo of the three? Like, what is it you think? Um. <laughs> I'd say for me, like one of the things um, that makes me pretty good is I'm really intuitive. And so I can read people and it's, it's kind of like a skill that I've, I've had for a while is like, I can interview somebody and get a sense of what their, their energy is. And then I kind of intuitively know who would be a good match for them just based off their energy. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I'm like dead on and it's like ding, ding, ding. And they get married at, like really quickly. I mean, it's not, it doesn't always work, you know? And sometimes it's like, they might be a good match, but like, they're just not ready yet for that. But yeah, I definitely think with intuition is a big part. And then also you have to be patient um, like I have another girl who is in LA and she, you know, is matched on the West coast with me. And, uh, she's like an incredibly patient person and just, you know, is, is willing to listen and not like scream at somebody and be like, no, like you need to go out with this person, you know? So that's, that's definitely something as a matchmaker, you gotta, you gotta be patient. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I know this is kind of broad strokes, uh, Jacqueline, but, what have you found over the years has been like the biggest mistake that both sexes make when they're dating and kind of playing the game? Um, I think a lot of people play games and you would think that, you know, cause everybody's, you know, we match people from like twenties to eighties and I see it happen. There's really no age group, but they'll be like, Oh, I didn't text this person back because I thought I should wait a couple days because I didn't want to seem too interested. And then like, you know, the other person gets annoyed because they're like, oh, they must not be interested in me. So I think a lot of the times the the game playing is what really just hinders people from having a true authentic connection. Mm. And And what do you think are those red lights that, you know, maybe we don't see because we're kind of, you know, enamored and, you know, at the very start, you kind of let shit slide that you ne necessarily wouldn't maybe a year or two into the relationship. But like, what are some of those red flags like right out of the gate that we're just kind of letting happen that shouldn't happen? I feel like people are lonely and so they don't want to see these red flags because they really just want a relationship so bad. But like the red flags are like if you're on a first date and you guys are at a restaurant and one person is like, mean to the server that is a red flag because if they're they don't treat everybody the same mm -hmm. at some point you're going to be the person that they're going to be you know treating un unkindly yeah. so that's cool. a big thing is yeah. is not being nice um another red flag that is like really early on that you can see is that if they just keep talking about themselves, they don't ask you any questions and they just literally talk about themselves the whole entire dinner. That's, that's a narcissist. 
And that's going to be a tough relationship to be in. Um, so those are, those are a couple red flags. Also, if they're on their phone and they're texting, you know, this is like a first date sort of thing. And they're, you know, they're texting, they're texting, they're texting. They're not even fully paying attention to you. They're wanting their eyes are wandering around the related, the restaurant. Like these are red flags that you can see super early on. Or the guy's checking out the waitress as she's walking away, placing the order, oh. you know, sketchy. Yeah, shit. that's a big a yeah. big red flag is the wandering eye that you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing that on date one's not a good thing. Yes. Um, Jacqueline, I had a couple followers of mine ask about uh friend zone and, and how to get out of it. I personally think if you're in a friend zone, don't, you don't want to get out of that shit anyway. What are your thoughts on that? Um, okay. So personally, my husband and I were friends for years before we got married mm. um but it, it you know it wasn't like we were like good friends we were like kind of acquaintances friends and we knew each other for a long time so i don't want to tell people that if you're in the friend zone you can never get out of the friend zone because i actually believe a lot of times you can and a lot of times the timing isn't right but if you're in the friend zone and you don't want to be in the friend zone and the other person is now available because they were probably dating somebody, which is how you got into the, that friend zone. Now they're available. You want to be authentic and you want to tell them how you feel, even if it means losing them as a friend. It's important because if you really are into that person, you are going to kick yourself if you never if you never get a chance to tell them that because you never know. They might actually say to you, oh, I always liked you too, but I, we were just friends and it seemed awkward and weird. So I think you got to be authentic and you got to tell them. Otherwise, down the line, you're just, you're, you'll be kicking yourself. Mm -hmm. You may learn to regret the, that you didn't do it and step up. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And if and if you're really meant to be friends and that's where it is, you know, when you express how you feel and the other person says, Well, you know, I, I'm sorry, I just don't see you that way, but I'd like to be friends, then you can make the decision. Do you want to be friends? But at least you have that closure mm -hmm. and you can move forward knowing that you said your piece. Mm -hmm. Uh Brad on Twitter wants to know how long should you wait before dating a friend's ex? Is there an acceptable time frame? Hmm. How long should you wait before dating a friend's ex? Well, um, at some point, it depends how close you are with that friend. If it's like one of your best friends, you're not going to be friends with them anymore if you date their ex. I don't think. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Um, but if it's someone that you're like, you're friends with, you're not that close with, um, you might want to talk to them first and be honest and let them know that you're interested in dating this person, but you just wanted to let them know and see how they feel about it. And if that's okay. And you know, if they say no, no way, then you're going to lose them as a friend anyways. And if you really, if you really have a connection with that other person, you just need to, you need to think about which is more important to you, your friendship or this possible romantic connection. And it's, it's really based on, I guess, how close you are with that friend. But I think 
you need to if they just broke up i believe you would probably have to wait at least a couple months before you would jump into that and i i really do think you should tell the other person what you're doing and just be as authentic as possible mm -hmm. uh, mark asks i'm still good friends with my ex and my new girlfriend of three months can't deal with it the jealousy is insane any advice yeah um that happens um you know you might you might want to you might want to cut ties with the ex because your ex is your ex for a reason and you know i think we can all empathize and understand how that is when you know you're someone is still talking with their ex it's it's hard because you know that you had a relationship with them you know that there was there was something sexual going on. So I would just step it back with the ex and really focus on the new girlfriend. And if you notice that she's really jealous in general um, with everything that you're doing, then you may want to really think about that relationship because it's it's really hard to be in a relationship with someone who is extremely jealous. Mm, mm, for sure. Uh, where is the best place for people to kind of stalk you online? Like if you got a website, where, where are you most active? Is it Instagram or Twitter or where, 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 where can we find you? Sure. So my Instagram and Twitter is the same thing. It's the fairy and I spell it F A E R Y matchmaker. So you can go to those. And then um, if you want to go to the matchmaking site, um, it's idlmatchclub.com and also I deserve love is where I uh, have some online coaching. Okay, cool. Cause I kind of want to get outside of, you know, relationships and, and what you're known for and kind of get to know you a little bit here. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. curious on what are you watching right now? Like what are the shows you're binge watching? The show? Oh my God. You don't even want to know. Um, nothing, nothing <laughs> good. <laughs> So I have um, two little kids. I have two little boys, a, uh, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. So I pretty much spend all my time working or uh, being with the kids. And so when I'm not, um, let's see, I was watching Shrinking a little bit, which was a good show. Um, to go to sleep at night, I like to watch Golden Girls, which is just kind of dorky, but it's like very relaxing. <laughs> Um, let me see what else do I like? I, I love animation. So I'm always watching like Bob's Burgers. Um, uh, great show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the South Park, I'm still watching South Park. I've been watching it for like 20 years. Um, if, if you're a fan of Bob's, Bob's Burgers, have you gotten into Archer yet? I had like I tried it, but I didn't like it as much. Oh, um, I don't so know good. why. I, everybody's always like, "Oh my god, you should watch Archer." Oh, Archer's <laughs> like drop dead hilarious. It's so funny. Such a funny show. How about sports? Do you watch much sports? Like, do you have a team? Or are you? No, unfortunately not. not really, not. I don't. How about how about the music in your house? Present day, I'm... and I want to know about the stuff like as a kid. Like, what are your parents playing? in your house as a kid growing up? Oh, what did my parents My dad loved Johnny Cash. So we always had Johnny Cash going on. 
meatloaf, like all those things. That was totally my dad. He would be on the road all the time. So he'd be on his in his car. Mm-hmm. So like he'd always have, you know, some of his music on Billy Joel, all that. Um, me why personally. Was your, why was your dad on the road lots? He was a wholesale jeweler. So he would like travel. So I grew up in Ohio and Cincinnati. So he would like travel all over the tri-state. And so, yeah, he was very, he was very into music. My yeah. mom, not as much. Um, but I, I love music. It's like my essence of being, um, I like the top 40 stuff. Like that's what I work out to. It like pumps me up. Um, yeah. Anything that I can dance to. And what was your first concert you went to? Hmm. What was my I want to say like Dave Matthews, I think. Something like that, like in high school. <laughs> Dave Matthews is amazing. In concert? Yeah. Dude, I don't think every single song needs to be 16 minutes long, but boy, can those guys play. Yeah, yeah that was a good concert. And then I was... I went and I saw The Offspring. That was something that I liked. I got into pop punk. Like, I love Blink-182. That was yeah. big. Travis yeah. is back with that band now. The, the band is back. The core is together. Oh, they're back. They're back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Now, this is an odd one for you, Jacqueline. I want you to share a near-death story with us. Like, where you're like, holy crap, I could have just died. Um... Yeah, I mean, it happened to me recently, to be honest. So I, uh, we moved to Florida. I lived in California, and I never, I never knew like mold was a thing. And in Florida, apparently, mold is a thing. So we bought this house, and we moved there, not knowing very much about it, and it had black mold in it. And um, I got really, really sick. Um, and this, this was like last year, this was recent. And there was literally a point in time where I got so skinny. I was like, I, it was ridiculous. I was like 88 pounds and like, I couldn't gain weight to save my life. And, um, I literally thought I was going to have to be on a feeding tool, a tube. Like I, it was bad. And, uh, yeah. So I ended up, um, getting into like oxygen and doing ozone therapy and hyperbaric chamber and um i really crazy things like actually sounds was the thing that was the most healing to remove the the black mold from your your body because what happens is the mold can actually grow inside of your body which is really scary and horrible Mm -hmm. but i am better now you're just kind of like it was it like a respiratory thing like you eventually started just shit or like what was it it started as a sinus infection so i had a sinus infection that lasted for three months that wouldn't go away. And I finally just, I went on antibiotics a couple of times and I finally just had to go to the, um, the doctor and, you know, they, after a third round of antibiotics, the sinus infection went away, but the mold, I guess, had gone through my sinuses and kind of went to my brain and went into my nervous system. It, it was insane. Like, um, I, yeah, so it's like a real thing. Um, so you should definitely get your house tested for that. I now know. Um, yeah, wow. so that was that was scary. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that, that should even existed. I mean, I obviously know more yeah. existing, but like to get into your system, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Uh, all right. I want to respect your time. I'll ask you a couple more uh, questions and we'll wrap it up. Uh, another kind of oddball one, not as, not as bad as a near death story, but like if you could have a superpower, which power would you want to have? Okay. This is easy. I would fly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always like I have dreams where I'm flying all the time and those are my favorite dreams. So I definitely would want to to just be able to fly around. I wonder what it is about dreams. Like I never remember my dreams. Like one out of ten. One out of twenty, maybe probably. I just never remember. Yeah. I don't know why. Really? I, I remember I remember my dreams, yeah. For the most part. Like a like Hits, bits and pieces and then during the day sometimes one will come back to me and I'm like, oh yeah that's right yeah 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 but yeah. bullet bullet speed flying would be pretty cool agreed yeah yeah all right last one uh could be the toughest maybe it's the easiest could you nail it down to one career highlight i was gonna say what's your career highlights but like could you nail it down to one um one career highlight uh um good question i mean for valentine's day um i was on the news a couple times i was on cbs talking about valentine's day um i was also on newsmax talking about valentine's day so i guess maybe maybe that mm -hmm. um yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. So what are you talking about Valentine's Day on the, on those types of shows? Like, is it like the presents to get and how to set the romantic mood sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I also do a lot of like manifestation work. So I was talking about like, how do you manifest a partner into your life? How do you make that happen? Mm. So that was definitely a big thing. And yeah, and on Valentine's Day, what's the right Thing to do because I think a lot of people have all these expectations that it has to be perfect and you know it doesn't especially like when you're in a new relationship right and I think also the same goes with the long relationships like I've been with my wife now for 20 some years and you know if I don't do anything at all of course that's bad but if I go overboard that's probably not very good either yeah I mean I don't know. I, I don't think going overboard is that bad, but <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not that bad. But certainly... it can be bad. Like I feel like in a new relationship, it can be bad because it sets the president, the precedents. Like, right. you know, if you, you got to get to it every time, like it's too much, but dude, mm -hmm. you don't need to take her to Mexico. And then like, you know what I mean? Like it's too much. Exactly. If you do that and then you buy her some expensive jewelry and you do all this and you've been dating for a week, then like, Oh, what are you gonna do for her birthday? What are you gonna do? Like, like it's like Christmas is coming now too. Gotta, hey? like, step it up all the time. So you yeah. wanna like get there with your relationship, let it grow. Yeah, yeah, fair. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you again for for yeah. taking time and, and joining us here in Vancouver, Canada. Uh fairy matchmaker on Twitter, the fairy matchmaker on Instagram. I guess that's it. That's it. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Hi, my name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And together, we run Buffering, a rewatch adventure. 
a family of podcasts moving through our favorite 90s genre television. If you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, well, great news for you. Our very first podcast adventure took us through all seven seasons of the series. We covered it spoiler-free, episode by episode. For those of you who want to start the show for the first time, you can find that podcast pretty easily. It's called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Inside that podcast, you'll also find an original song that pairs with each glorious episode of Buffy and original character jingles for so many of our Buffy favorites. Buffering has been praised in places like Time, Esquire, Paste Magazine, and the New York Times, and we've chatted with dozens of cast members, writers, directors, and fans along the way. Come hang out and rewatch some of your favorite television with us and a wonderful community of listeners. Learn more at BufferingCast.com or find us on socials at BufferingCast.